SMQBs. This is episode 113. Mel Kuyper sucks. We're covering the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs. We've got an NFL draft overreaction, punchable face, Ted Lasso, and our buzzer beaters. Check it out. Leave us five stars. Enjoy the show. Bye. SMQB's episode 113. We got a lot of shit to talk about, but 113, guys, who was the 113th pick in the draft? Does anybody know? Nope. That'd be the third nope. round? It was the third round. No, I think actually fourth round. Fourth round. There's 30 picks. 32, 96. 32 picks, 32. right? So mid-fourth round, oh, I had 96. No idea. All right, I'll so, give you the yeah. team. It's uh, Mr. B's former team, the <laughs> Falcons. Uh, not was it Stetson Bennett? No, no, no. He they didn't take Stetson Bennett. The Rams did. Rams, the Rams took him. Um, he sucks. Wow. Um, what position? Okay. Uh, he's a corner. Mm. Five foot nine, one hundred eighty-four pounds. From Utah, no way. He had twenty-four Never. tackles, twelve Never. passes defended, six INTs, two tackles for losses. He was a unanimous All-American, first-team All-Pac-12, team captain, and led the Pac-12 in INTs. We are talking about one Clark Phillips the third. Mm, He's personally that. personally responsible for people thinking Anthony Richardson is any good. <laughs> that is your uh your number 113th draft pick so look we're gonna get into uh to the draft for sure but should we start off with a little nba playoffs uh we're get, coming to you guys a little uh a little early this week uh yeah, yeah we got sunday, we got sunday hoops going on right now rooster what's going on it looked like it was going to be a barn burner, but experience showed up in the second half for Golden State, and they're running away with it. Hmm. Um, were they up like 20 Might I points? say that the Kings are not ready oh, quite stop for it. prime time? Stop it. They would have beaten half the teams. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they were very evenly matched. The Kings should be proud of themselves. They're a great team. And like I said, I think experience just showed up in the second half of this game, and they're putting them away. Win one uh, game at Seth, home in the last three games, and you're going to the next round. Seth Curry's got 45 Steph, points. Steph Curry. Yeah. Steph Curry yeah, has 45 points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable cooking. comeback for them because they were looking pretty rough until the end of the first when uh, Clay hit, made that four-point play. He looked like he might be sitting on the bench for a good part of the second half. But, I don't uh, you know this is this is an interesting point though that that Pope makes about them not being ready for prime time. I mean, th- they're out in the first round, right? They're out yep. in the first round, right? Yep. So why do you say they're a great team? I don't know. I mean, not they're playing team. the defending champs, and yeah. they take them to seven games, and they and they 
played the first half like they were going to win that game. I think they're just they just need a little more experience. Agreed. Right, which is exactly okay. my point. Yeah. They're not so ready. They're, they're not ready they're yet. More experience next year. I would expect them to advance. At they're playing. It's not a bad thing. Here's the here's the cool thing about the West. I, we could probably come to agreement that since Michael Jordan retired, other than Kobe, the th- the three players who have led the NBA have been LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. It's hard to think of others who would be higher than those three guys. Right. And, and yeah. all Kobe, Kobe, Shaq. I mean, those guys. Yeah. And all sure. three of those guys are going to be remaining in the playoffs with LeBron and Steph facing each other. I mean, that that is going to be incredible. And I think Sacramento put together a hell of a run. They have a very, very talented team. They needed play, more playoff experience. I'm sure we'll get to the, the Knicks Heat game in a second. I think we saw something very similar there today as well. And I I think they're ready for prime time, but they were their prime time they were going up against was Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and the defending world champions. Yep. And, you know, as we predicted when we first started talking about the NBA playoffs um, a couple weeks ago or so, Teams don't want to face this current iteration of the Lakers. And here we are, Lakers-Warriors in the second round. Unbelievable. After the start of the year, the the Lakers had. But, uh, you know, again, experience counts. And when you're a young team and you want to show up and run your mouth at somebody like LeBron, that's just a really dumb idea. And AD and LeBron pulled it out. Uh, They're going to be a tough match for Golden State. Who knows what's going to happen? That'll, that'll be another great series, I, I predict. I don't know who's going to win that. We don't talk about the Nuggets enough. House brought this up last episode. Uh, they, they handed it to uh, Phoenix in game game one of the second round and made them look like a team that doesn't know how to play together quite yet. Uh, uh, Jamal Murray was the best player on the court for that game. Unbelievable. I, I didn't realize the Nuggets were this good. You know, you don't see them much on the East Coast. They they look strong. Rooster, wasn't that your concern about the Suns, that uh, they may not have enough time to gel together to make a long run? I, I think that I, I'm starting to think Monty Williams is an overrated coach. Um, and sometimes I think that, that about Tibbs, too. How many times did you see KD standing alone on the three-point line, hoping someone would pass him them, and Booker and Booker's, you know, putting his head down and going one on three and losing the ball, and they're not running any plays for KD in that game. There's no movement in that offense. I don't know what the hell Chris Paul's role is right now in that offense. He's also standing around watching Booker dribble the ball. It's just, it's just bad game planning. I don't, I don't understand it. You have the one of the best players on the planet standing around. Not not getting plays run for makes no sense to me. Yeah, and well, I think Denver is is a team that you know sort of like all year people were like, well, Denver's good, but they're looking like they're maybe head and shoulders above their competition. Right, right. right. I mean, they're they're like really great actually. Um, Well, I mean, now there's a lot of hoops to be played in that series, and and you do have guys like Durant who, you know, who've been there and, and, uh, you know, know how to win, but, but maybe Denver is really literally just 
heads and shoulders above everybody this year. And they're well, healthy. So, some court, some reporter asked KD, are you down about losing game one? And he's like, they're the number one seed for a reason. And they've got a two-time MVP on their team. Of course, I'm not down. We just need to come back. We just need to play better. But again, Jamal Murray played better than both of those guys, Jokic and, and uh, KD in that game. He was unstoppable. He was like a few years ago during the bubble playoffs. I mean, if, if you buy that the Nuggets aren't as good, you know, as you think they might be right now, the West is just wide open. They lost their second and third seeds. I mean, it's going to yeah. be, it's going to be a shootout. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, the Lakers, I mean, Rooster, you touched on it. I've got the background up, but I mean, they put just an ass whipping on the Grizzlies uh, to close that out uh, at home the other day. I mean, that was just pure, you know, shut the fuck up, you newbies who are just, right. just coming to the party. Right. Um, you know, good luck. Good luck in the future. But I mean, they they just and, and that's why guys like Brooks, Dylan Brooks have to just, you know, keep their damn mouth shut. I, you know, I'd forgotten. Did you see the thing going around social this week? that Brooks was the kid in college who took a late three when they were closing out Duke in the tournament. Yep. And, and um, Krzyzewski pulled him out of the line and basically said to him, you're a better player than that. Don't, don't be that guy. Oh, that's well, right. That's right. Those, it those apparently spots, didn't take. Yeah. Those spots didn't change. Right. Uh, Cause he's, he's doing the same thing and he was virtually um, not on the court during that last game. It seemed like so. And, and then the irony is after all that talking, he did, he just got fined for refusing to speak to the press right after, after the loss. After the loss, he walked out. That that's a real bitch move. You run your mouth, you know, yeah. when things are going well, and then when things don't go well, you go running home to, to mommy or whatever. So he's yeah. a he's a big fucking loser in my book. John ja Morant John ja Morant stated the obvious after that series loss, saying that his off the court antics disrupted his team, distracted his team at the end of the year. He needs to look up to a guy like LeBron. I know some of us like to give LeBron a hard time on this show, but you think about the fact that this, he's been in the league 20 years and the most controversial thing he's done in 20 years is in the course of trying to raise money for the boys and girls club. He did that ridiculous. I'm taking my talents to Miami show. That's it. Yeah. He's, ne he's never gotten in any trouble in 20 years and John Morant needs to learn how to take care of his business like a guy like. If Memphis is going to advance as a team in the next couple of years, they're going to need to put a savvy veteran on that team. They've got a bunch of young ballers who can really hoop, but they don't have the mental game and the experience on that team to lead them. And they're, they're going to need that. You can kiss Dylan Brooks goodbye. He's not going to be on that team. Apparently they were trying to trade him previously at the trade deadline and they failed on it. You know, what you're seeing left in the NBA playoffs are teams that are led by really savvy veterans that know how to play playoff basketball What Jimmy and Steph and LeBron are doing are taking their teams to a totally different playoff game level. It's it's it it is going to be fun to watch to see like who's king of the hill, who's the last savvy veteran standing, or is it going to be this team that we've waited this whole time for Porter 
and Murray and Jokic to actually be on the court together. And now that they're on the court together, we're, they are as advertised. Those three are three superstars. Speaking of veteran teams, what should have been, and I hope still will be, the marquee veteran matchup is in the East where the Sixers and the Celtics tee off against each other. And I just hope Embiid's knee uh, isn't as bad as the rumors have it and that he can get it, get back and play a meaningful series because that should be a hell of a series. What's the update, House? House, what's, what's Howie telling us about that knee? <laughs> the rumors, <laughs> what Howie told me is that the rumors oh, are... Hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna get, oh, get that on YouTube. Get they drink every today. time I say Howie, but yep. Uh, yep. They uh, the rumor is that it's originally was a LCL grade one, but it's actually worse than LCL grade one. LCL grade one would have been like ten days to be, you know, to rest, and he's had seven or eight days. But if it's a grade two, that's like three to four weeks. He, according to Doc Rivers, he's doubtful for game one. And and I saw a very sad stat that he that he Embiid is in season six, and if he misses a game in this playoffs where he does not play, that will be five out of six seasons that he has missed a playoff game because of some kind of injury. And that's just rough, and yeah. the fans are hurting right now. Like we're very very anxious to see. I personally would not start him in game one. I think Paul Reed has played pretty well lately. See if you're keeping it pretty close with the Celtics away at halftime and then maybe get him beat on the court in the second half to to see what you can do. That's what I would do. Yeah. 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 I I think you're right. I mean, look, that's that's series is going to probably go six or seven games. You're going to lose a game. You know, both teams are going to lose games in this series, most likely. So. If you have to, you know, you, you never sacrifice a game, but if you you take the first one in Boston and let Embiid rest a little bit, it's probably not, a, you know, it's not a bad decision for the whole series. It would be a damn shame for the fall fans, not just Philly fans, if he doesn't get to play. I think he's winning the MVP. That's what I'm hearing. That's t- That's Tuesday night. Yeah, I um, think it would be a. Huge shame well, because be, that would that would be back. a great series with him in it. Yeah. Can I ask you guys, did you get to see much of the Boston Hawks series? And were you impressed with Boston? Because I wasn't. I didn't see any of it. No, I wasn't either. I, I feel like uh there's they they reverted back a little bit in that series. Yeah. To the bad old days of of Tatum ball hogging and putting up bad shots. And and Marcus Smart doing dumb things. If they can get back to the way they were playing the last part of the season, I, I wouldn't be worried about them at all. But they definitely reverted to some bad habits in yeah. the Hawks series. But you know, the Hawks do that, right? The Hawks are like a little bit of a like agitator team for some reason. I don't know. They seem to to have that effect on on good teams, right? It's like they get under their skin or they get them out of their game plan yeah. for some reason. I don't know know why but they just seem to to be able to do that to team so i also agree with bill simmons who's bitching about the fact that his beloved celtics have a coach who's basically going through on the job training right now and is not making the best decisions 
I mean, the guy looks like a deer in the headlight in certain games. And he's, I don't know, he's just, his rotations are weird. Uh, White, their guard, White is playing way better than Smart, but he keeps Smart in for the majority of the game. It just, there's some weird stuff going on there. So based on that, they still have the uh, the coaching advantage over Doc, though, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think if Adoka was the coach of that team right now, they'd be cruising. He's a he was he's a really good coach, and they responded great to him. I know it's only been one round, but can you guys remember an NBA playoff performance like Jimmy had in the first round? Oof. Yeah, every year he's been plays, a while. plays in the playoffs. Every year he's in the playoffs. That's he what carried he that team on his back. 96 points in two games. I mean, this insane. And think about this. They they were a play-in team, and they lost their first play-in game to the Hawks. Right. right. And then he turned up the heat, so to speak. He said, and I got it. it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. I got it. And, and they, they knocked off the what goals. everyone thought was the number one team in the East. And without Oladipo and Hero. Yeah. Unbelievable. I mean, I mean that that I mean both those last two games, but that the fifty six point game, I, those those last like four minutes or five minutes of that game were just unbelievable to watch. Well, Milwaukee yep. had double digit leads in the fourth quarter in both games and couldn't close them out. I think it was like eight with one minute thirteen to go or something. Now I I, I will say that I said to you guys this by text the the tying bucket was a push-off by Steph, like a big one, like offensive pass interference push-off. Uh, it was still pretty incredible that you mean he, by like, Jimmy? he made by Jimmy. Yeah, I meant to say Jimmy. What did I say? Steph, you said Howie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Jimmy, I mean, he it was pretty incredible shot, like falling backwards, but he pushed off to get that space, get that shot off. He did. They're just not, they're going to swallow their whistle every time on that call. Yeah. By the way, fans, for every time you hear House say Howie or Roseman, you have to take a drink. Take a drink. You're going to be drunk. Um, yeah. Suffice it to say, the playoffs have been very entertaining so far. Yeah. I mean, very just good. very, very exciting games. Yeah. Well, and this just in, we have a new NBA record for the most points in a game seven. The chef. With 50 today, that's the most ever in an NBA game. I did not know that. Wow. Kevin Durant has a record of that before, a 48. What's the score right now? They won. Oh, it's over. 120 to 100. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and then the last game that's already underway, the last series underway in in round two, Knicks lost today to the Heat. And, uh, I mean, the Knicks looked like they were in control in the first half. And like like, uh, House said, experience kicked in it for the heat in the second half. And I really don't think Tibbs did a very good job of controlling what went down in that second half. I mean, we had Randall on the bench, but you, you know, we had, we had Barrett and Brunson putting their heads down and going one on four into the paint and getting stripped every time there were so many turnovers in that second half. It was maddening. And, you know, Drive and kick, pass the ball, run some plays, but nope, it's all, you know, when they revert back to their, you know, bad ways and the coach doesn't step in, it's it's just hero ball with them where one guy thinks he's winning the game for the team. And they're not very they, good when that happens. They had like four or five possessions in a row in the fourth where they just couldn't even get the ball up and 
towards the rim. They turned it over and just made stupid plays. Yeah. Yep. What, what's the story with uh, with Randall? Uh, he re-injured his ankle. Okay. Is he? So he is he they're hoping to have him. They're hoping to have him back for game two. Yeah. Okay. All right. All the pressure. Right. They they got to win game two, or that series gonna be going the wrong direction. Yep. Anything else on the NBA, guys? Go Knicks. Go Sixers. Okay, we'll be talking about this until Thanksgiving, so uh, plenty more <laughs> to come uh, on the show. Um, let's talk about a, a, a playoffs that ends uh, around, um, oh, I don't know, Labor Day, the NHL playoffs. Uh, they're only slightly shorter than the NBA. What, um, Pope, you, yeah. got the, uh, you got the NHL background up. What's going on? Man? I know. I, I, I guess I got the short straw. Having me do the NHL is like having milk do the NBA. all right okay everybody settle back for a long discussion of the of the dallas stars series right follow us us on apple and spotify because we bring you nothing but the best uh, information information. you've got to have a hockey stat for us i i don't know if i have a hockey stat i mean i i would say that that the bruins um their game seven today is Trying to avoid, you know, and I, I don't know the history of the NHL as well, but got to be one of the biggest upsets in the history of the NHL if they lose, right? I yeah. think so. I mean, yeah, all time, all time point leader in the in the regular season, uh, the point disparity. Okay, I'll I'll give you the point disparity. They had 135 points in the regular season, and the Panthers had 92. So that think about the disparity. That's just a that's like Shamanad you know, beating Virginia back in the day. It's like that's 20 just, wins. It, it's that's but you know what? It's insane. not, it's actually not that uncommon to see the president's trophy winner go out and the biggest early. And, the, and really, I think there's two reasons for that. One, some of these teams that score a lot of points and, and win a lot of games, they're not built for the playoffs and in, in that they, they play fast, they play a lot of offense and, and these Playoff games are two-one games or or three-two in overtime, and they don't always have the defense that that comes over into the playoffs. I think the other thing that you see is a hot goalie. Now we talked about this last week. I'm not sure that we've seen that really super hot goalie yet, but it's not. It's I don't think it's historically. I don't think it's as surprising to have the President's Trophy winner go out early uh, in the playoffs. Because sometimes those teams that win over 80 games, 82 games, whatever it is, they're just not built for for these tough physical series. I mean, that and being the said, Panthers are a good team, too. They, they're not to be written off. I mean, that being said, though, going into this series, you didn't think that seriously that Boston would be challenged. Did I say the Panthers, Carolina? No, you, you said it right. It's the Florida. It's the Panthers. It's the Panthers. Panthers. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's the Florida yeah. Panthers. So the, the, this, series though that's that was amazing i think is the best rivalry in hockey today the leafs and the bolts i mean that was just captivating television yeah and that didn't even make a game seven and maybe they're maybe the leafs uh goalie at least for game six was playing like you said goalie bison yeah well, it didn't. It didn't go get seven games, but I think they played seven games worth of hockey. Though, didn't they? Yeah, with a couple, three couple overtimes. Overtime, three yeah. overtimes, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Shout out to our uh, hockey expert, Moose Jaw. 
Congratulations, buddy. First time in 19 years, your team is advancing to the second round. Off the schneid. Yeah. You know, thinking about the Bruins losing to the Panthers, we have a situation where the defending champion Lightning are out. The Bruins who ran the away. Abs are, the Avs are the defending champion. I'm sorry. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, sorry. They the could be out. They, got, that's they could be story. out that's, too, yeah. That's what I meant to say. The, the defending Kraken. final. Which is an amazing story. Right. Defending finalists are out in the the Lightning. The defending champions have their back up against the wall against an upstart expansion team. And the Bruins, who ran away with it, could get knocked off by the Panthers. Wow. Right. Yeah, I mean, NHL, if if you just get in the tournament, you got a chance. Oh, yeah. Playoff hockey, it it just, it's it's a different animal completely. That's true, but a team coming from not existing two years ago to about to knock off the Stanley cup champions, maybe in the crack. And that that's a pretty big story. Well, when, how long had, had the Vegas gold Knights been existence when they went to the final? I, I think, think it might've been their second, second year. Like two years. Yeah. 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 So, so the, uh, the NHL does something right in how they do yeah. these, these drafts, right? The expansion draft must have a much better kick than most other leagues. Yeah. I mean, you would think now, that the uh, Abs and the Bruins are heavily favored to win their game sevens, but you never know. So it's Edmonton now versus uh, Vegas. Right. Right. So who does Dallas get? The winner here? Dallas gets the winner of the Abs and Kraken. Okay. And we've assumed it'd be the Abs all along. And that's that's going to be a good series. They hate each other. They've had some great playoff series. And Dallas, uh, you know, uh, our goalie Ottinger is, is getting close to the point where you could say he's starting to stand on his head. He had a phenomenal last three games against the Wild when they shut him down. Um, so, uh, uh, you know, da- Pavlovsky is uh, going to be back. Dallas is just as good a chance as any to win the West. Okay, so the only so the only Canadian teams left, right, are, are Edmonton and Toronto. All the other... Right. Are- okay. Yep. Well, you got some of the, you know, one thing that's kind of exciting about this is you've got, you know, you've got McDavid, right, still playing. And then uh, what's the kid in uh, um, Toronto? Austin Matthews. Uh, Austin Austin Matthews, Matthews, right? Um, So you got a couple of the real, I mean, real superstars. I mean, those are guys who could could be in the uh, Crosby Ovechkin you know, kind of mold, except they're not, they're not playing each other enough really to have that kind of rivalry that those two did and, and do have. But um, it's exciting to have some of the, the real superstars, the young superstars uh, still playing. And yep. there's one other game seven we forgot about Rangers devils tomorrow. Yep. That'll close yep. out the first round. And that winner goes against Carolina who looked real impressive in the first round. Right. That's tomorrow. Yeah. So yeah. So by Tuesday, we'll have the first round wrapped up. Right. Right. Okay. Bringing us to um, Memorial Day, we'll have the third round getting ready. And, and by uh, Halloween, we'll, we'll crown a champion. <laughs> so that's good. Okay. Anything else on hockey, guys? If the Bruins win, they're playing the Leafs. That'll be a good one. Yep. Uh, yeah. Good luck, Moose. All right. Okay. Let's talk about the draft. It steals the show every weekend. We've had unbelievable hoops and, and hockey playoffs going on. And and still that all anybody wants to talk about is, is the NFL draft. House, 
So everyone else, Bill, make sure your beers are full. Cold. Before we talk about Howie, uh, the, the greatest GM of all time, here's what's interesting and whether Howie even matters and whether we should be Good talking Lord. about the draft and what whether the draft matters. I read something today that said that uh, the Chiefs haven't drafted the Chiefs, Bills, and Rams who are responsible for championship games and Super Bowls in the last few years, haven't drafted an all-pro player since 2017. Wow. I mean, that's, that's cool stat. pretty nuts. The You know, I think it's fun. I think it's great, great television, uh, particularly night number one. And it's fun to play armchair quarterback and believe that we know more without having seen any tape whatsoever. And really all we're doing is analyzing what's on paper, but there were some pretty crazy things. And and for me, I just want to focus on what I thought setting aside is amazing Eagles draft that lots of people have talked about and Eagles being, you know, Georgia North. Now I want to talk about the dumb moves, the ones that are leaving me scratching my head, particularly in the NFC North where the bears and Vikings I don't get it. So just to recap, the Lions had the sixth and the 18th pick. The Lions traded down from six, where if they wanted a supposedly generational running back, they could have grabbed right there, Bijan Robinson. But instead, they dropped down to 12 and got Jameer Gibbs, who looks talented from Alabama. I don't but he would have been he would have been around he in the been second round. 18. He no, would have been around not. in the second round. Maybe but, not second round, but, well, but he right. certainly he would have been, been there at 18. He would have been there definitely, at 18. Definitely at 18. And their 18th pick, a linebacker, Jack Campbell, would have been there in their next round pick in the second right. round. It was right. a terrible draft for the Lions, we think. Then. Well, but, especially if you think about what they needed after last year. They had a good offense last year. What they needed was help for Aiden Hutchinson. Right. What they what they went out and got was the at the time third running back on their roster. They then su- subsequently traded Swift, but they already have David Montgomery. They didn't need a running back. They didn't need a running back. So weird. And then you move over to Chicago, which Chicago Bears last year had a league low 20 total sacks. 20 they were 31st in total defense out of 32 teams in the NFL. And there they are at pick nine. And Jalen Carter, who many consider to be the number one talent, setting aside whatever off-the-field issues, he's right there for the Bears to improve their defense. And what do they do? They trade to the Eagles and take an offensive tackle. Yes, okay, fine, protect Justin Fields. Your defense blows. So I don't get what the Bears were doing. They had the first pick at one point. They right. traded down and got supposedly all these great picks. Right. And what did they get for it? A right tackle and not much else. And the thing is, it's not just that they passed up Jalen Carter. They let the fucking conference champions get him. <laughs> I mean, you just don't do that. You don't do that. It was, Bill, I mean, not Bill, if you want to compete against Bill Belichick went out of his way just to screw the Jets in right. the draft. And then finally, NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings, who give up about 30, 40 points a game 
you know, their defense is atrocious. Giants ran all over him in the playoffs. And what do they do? They take a wide receiver when they have the best wide receiver in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could put anybody on the other side. You could put a decoy on the other side that just runs fly routes for Justin Jefferson. Instead, they took Jordan Addison, who's a very nice player, went to Pitt and USC, and Caleb Williamson, you know, his his star receiver. I, I did not get any of those three things. For me, that was, at least on paper, from armchair quarterback view, stupid. That, that was exactly my... <laughs> My pick to talk about as well. Those three teams, the same rant you just made. So I'll be quiet now. You guys go. <laughs> if you want, we can talk about Howie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I was thirsty. I want to ask Pope a question. Um, way. Really trying to be as as unbiased as you can. Do you believe that Bryce Young has what it takes to be a number one overall quarterback and a true NFL superstar that you build a franchise again around? That's a tough, it's a tough question. And, and if it's a tough question, I would say no. You know, if if you have to think about it, I mean, he's got the tools, he's got the brain. Uh, the question is, you know, what's his durability going to be? And, uh, you know, I, I I was analyzing the quarterbacks that was on my in one of my questions, and you know the uh, Panthers are an interesting team for Bryce to go to. Uh, so, you know, most quarterbacks who are drafted at at the really high uh, in the uh, in the draft go to bad teams. So Carolina is not that far away from being a good team. So, you know, maybe Bryce has this, the infrastructure on the team that he can succeed early uh, and have confidence. Um, so, uh, but I don't know if I'd bet, you know, I don't I don't know between Stroud, Anthony Richardson, I'll talk about Will Levis too, but uh, I'm not sure if I had the franchise number one pick, I would have taken a quarterback this year. I, I think it's possible that Bryce Young is both the offensive rookie of the year and has a short career. Sure. You know, I mean, we've well, seen that before. Yeah. I mean, with these, could be RG3. RG3. Injury, he's an RG3 was a little sturdier than, than Bryce Young. Maybe not as good as avoiding hits. So. Right. So, I mean, Bryce in college was slippery. He would be able to get out uh, and, and away from taking the big hits. So, we'll, but, you know, it's, NFL is a lot faster. So, we'll see if he's going to be able to do that. But um, going on quarterbacks real quick, I it, it as funny as it was, and God, watching Will Levis just melt down on draft night with his uh, harem uh, was <laughs> this so fun. <laughs> the memes that were coming out. Do we? I mean, do we know anything? Like, were those his sisters? One is his mom. The one with the long blonde hair was his certainly mom. somebody. So somebody better keep Zach Wilson away from her. right. No kisser, right? No, it's the brunette who was on his arm. I think that's his girlfriend. Right, the brunette the was his girlfriend. The, yeah. the older looking one was his mom, and the other one was his sister. Yeah, but the but the memes about like when 
he wasn't getting drafted and you know they they put words in her mouth uh is bryce single yeah that was was so cj single (laughs) but he he could be set up to be the most successful of the quarterbacks because uh we don't think Tannehill is a long-term solution in uh tennessee and you know i i think i think he's happy to, to be going i mean it's not not far from home uh nashville is uh you know that's a good place for him and uh, he's got he's got a good team. I mean, he he could step in and make an e- immediate impact this year. Well, his wallet's not happy, and 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 Malik Willis is not happy. That's for damn sure. I mean, they got to figure out something. You, there, is he really uh, going to? I think their confidence level in Malik Willis yeah. is not good. Yeah, I think he's already better than Malik Willis. Man, that was a guy just a year ago. Everyone was saying he could be the best quarterback in the draft. Everyone wanted him to be because he's such a wonderful person. He played for Liberty University, for God's sakes. I mean, mean, come on. That's why it's so hard to put a lot of weight in these things, though, right? But but how how funny was it that the day before the draft, all of a sudden the rumor mill was that Levis was going to be a a top five pick and that, you know, there was some confidence level in his family that Carolina was going to pick him. Right. I mean, it's like they basically created their own hype and then when he had the you know green room meltdown because nobody picked him. I mean, they created that own problem. People respond so so much to these rumor mills. The same people who were convinced the Colts were taking him are now like, oh, he shouldn't even have gone in the second round. I mean, people are idiots. I think the Colts should have taken him. Anthony Richardson has not done a damn thing to prove himself. And Levis has. Yeah, I mean, the Colts went all in with a four pick. I thought that was surprising. I mean, I, yes. I understand the upside, I guess, but but that that seemed like a reach to me. I mean, I guess that team is just complete rebuilding mode, right? I mean, they 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 made two really bad decisions with Carson and Matt Ryan back to back. I guess they yeah. just completely threw in the towel and said, "Well, let's just go the complete opposite way." And and take a a young inexperienced guy with all the physical tools and start fresh. I guess, right? I wonder if they were hoping that C.J. Stroud was going to fall. To them. I don't but know. Even, even so, I, I don't. I I would take Levis over Richardson. Yeah, we haven't talked about C.J. yet. I I was obviously surprised that uh, Texans traded up to get him. Massive, massive gamble that what that team did with the second. There's look, there's there's two ways of looking at the draft, right? There's who got the headlines and then who went in with a plan and accomplished what they want to. Now that's not to say that they you can't have both of those right. things, right? You can you can get some headlines uh and accomplish what you need to, but there's a lot of teams that nobody's really talking about, and and you know, the the prognosticators and and Mel Kuyper and whoever wanted to say, ah, oh, they had a B draft or they had a B minus draft or whatever. Well, you know, that's built on a bunch of bullshit in a lot of ways, right? You go out and fill your needs and, yep. and build. I mean, you know, look, you know, Washington's a good example. Washington has pretty good weapons on offense. Uh, the quarterback situation is, is going to be a little dicey, but they needed offensive line help. And they got two or three offensive linemen. You know, I, thought they needed, got, I, th- I thought you only got one in the draft. No, no, no. They got a couple. They got a, a center and a tackle. Okay. Um, I think at the end. 
at the end of it all. I think they got a center and a tackle, though one of them they think can could play guard too if necessary. So, you know, and, and they needed a tight end, they got a tight end. They needed um state uh secondary help, they got secondary help. The only thing they didn't do was draft a quarterback. Um okay. I mean, everyone's gonna have questions about Sam Howell. You know, we we don't have to relitigate that whole issue where he was a fifth round pick last year. If he'd gone gone out of left school a year early, he would have been a top 10 pick. So, you know, who knows what's going to happen there. But but my only point in raising that is you can have those sort of under-the-radar drafts and have a really good, successful draft. We, we won't know about Washington for a year or two. We won't know for most of these draft classes for a year or two. But there are definitely – I'd rather be kind of silent and under-the-radar than us talking about some of the dumb shit the teams did. I think you can dumb put shit the- can, can set you back. I think you could put the Steelers and the Giants in that category under the radar, good drafts. And, and I think you, you know, you could say for the Eagles, they had, they, they had both big profile picks, great draft based on needs. I got to give it to the Giants. They, they was that funny clip that was going around about the Eagles just from, from Braveheart about just holding that line and waiting not to battle until Nolan Smith lands in your lap. But I, criticize the Giants in round one for not jumping up to go get one of those wide receivers. Right, right, me and too. And they just held on and held on and held on, and, and they landed Jalen Hyatt, right? Yep. And and a lot of people say that he is kind of like the sleeper wide receiver of the entire draft, that he had a terrific year, has terrific talent. And, you know, like Chris says, you don't, you don't know ex- for a couple of years. I mean, yes, on paper – you know, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. But if the Giants didn't have to give away draft capital, filled other needs, and still got Hyatt, that was pretty impressive. They they also, don't forget, they face six games out of the year. Your three teams, all of which have exceptionally good wide receivers. They needed a cornerback in, in a big way. And uh, Deontay Banks is a good quarterback. I still... Wish they had jumped up and taken somebody like Jackson Smith and Jibo or or Quentin Johnson or somebody like that. But in the end, it's probably better the way it turned out. You're right with Hyatt in the second round or third round. They got Hyatt in the third round and uh, John Jacob Jingleheimer Smith <laughs> second round. <laughs> that guy. I mean, that so- guy is a generationally good center. I mean, Toby, if you it, it, go ahead, go ahead, Pope. No, I was going to say, Rooster, you would have had to on draft night after uh, Pittsburgh picked. Uh, there were four elite wide receivers left. You would have thought that the chances of you getting one of them yeah. was pretty high, yeah. and they just went all Minnesota. Four, went bang, Minnesota bang, bang, bang. fucked us. Yeah, Minnesota took, fucked us. Took Jordan. They Addison. didn't need. They took what they didn't need. We would have taken Addison, and it didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised the Chargers took Quentin Johnson. If you look back on on the Eagles' run last year and what turned them from, you know, kind of a, a, you know, not middle-of-the-road team, but to to the Super Bowl, the NFC uh, champion, what draft picks would you say were the most important in those? Um, Well, recent draft picks, it would be Devontae Smith, Jalen Jalen Hurts, which is and what a, round was Jalen taken in? Second, second, and and, and Devonte was first. 
Yeah. Um, but you know, um, thanks, Dave Gettleman. Are are <laughs> are probably close to all pro. Uh, our blindside protecting left tackle Jordan Mailata was a seventh rounder that played Australian rules football. You know, you just you it for all these guys that we're talking about being drafted. Now, what really matters that people don't talk about on TV is the assistant coaches, not the head coach. But do the Giants have a really good D-backs coach that is going to take someone who, on paper, is a very good cornerback? Are they going to make him an elite cornerback that shut, can shut down CeeDee Lamb, you know, uh, A.J. Brown, and, and, and Terry McLaurin? Like, that's what you need from that guy. And that's up to a D-backs coach. Yeah. I mean, besides the coach, I mean, you're right. My, my point on this is if you want to have a long, sustained run of being a, a Super Bowl contending team, you have to hit on some of these mid-round picks because that's how you roster build, yeah. so that you don't have to go out and spend all your cap money on, on you know, three or four people. You've got to hit. And unfortunately, as much as everybody on ESPN and, and NFL Network and, and whatever other network, you just don't know what those guys are going to do in the middle rounds. And, and to House's point, you're going to get coached up. Uh, some of them are going to succeed. Some of them aren't. But it's just really hard to know. But you have to hit on those mid-round and late-round picks to really build out a full roster because of the salary count. Well, the guy who led the Big 12 in yards per carry last year went fifth round to the Giants. Right. It's been since uh, Donovan McNabb went to the Super Bowl and Peyton Manning won a Super Bowl, that quarterbacks taken one, two have done anything. You know, uh, here's your list of quarterbacks that went one, two after before Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. All right, maybe Trevor Lawrence, doubtful Zach Wilson. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz. I think we've seen enough there. Um, <laughs> what about, what, was River, what were Rivers and Eli? Uh, Rivers and Eli weren't one, two. They weren't? Okay. They weren't one, two. Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, Andrew Luck, RG3, Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, Peyton Manning, Rich Miner, and back in 1971, Jim Plunkett and Archie Manning. Those are the quarterbacks who have gone one, two. Wow. One, it's odds are that one of these two guys, Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, is going to stink. So I don't know. We haven't talked about the Seahawks, who last year I know. drafted five guys that they're going to start. This year, they've got at least two they drafted who will probably start and be stars. The, the cornerback from cornerback from Illinois, Witherspoon, is you know pretty, not there. There are no guarantees, but everybody predicts he's going to be a stud mm-hmm. cornerback. And Jesus, they just added Jackson Smith and Jeba to that receiving core. I mean, my God, that's going to be high-flying offense in Seattle. If Geno can do it, run it back and do it again. He, yep. he fell off in the second half. That's going to be my big question mark out in the West is whether Geno can find the magic again. Yeah, I think defense has started to sort of get his tendencies. But now, but now he's got this guy cutting across the middle as a check down who can take it to the house. All right. Anything? Anybody got anything else on the draft? Congratulations, House! Incredible mm-hmm. draft. 
Let's. I think we should yeah. just we should all cheers and have raise a toast to Howie. <laughs> Here's to Howie. Here's to Howie. Just because I want to have a drink. Roll the statue out. I, I think Rooster has it nailed. I don't know why there's not collusion of these GMs, particularly in the NFC. I just don't get it. I just don't get how the Detroit Lions GM hangs up the phone and says, guys, I got great news. We're sending a very talented running back who had 1,000 yards and is going, <laughs> it is going to be playing for his contract because he's in the last year for a fourth rounder and a seventh rounder to the NFC champion Eagles. Who wants to give me a high five? Oh, and, and they sent the guy who led the league in touchdowns last year. Jamal Williams, was that his name? Jamison yeah. Williams. To, to New Orleans. J- to New Orleans. No, Jamison Williams. No, no, no. Wide receiver. Right. Jamal is the is the uh, running back. So what? They get rid of the guy who led the league in touchdowns. They trade away Smith so that they can dra- overdraft a rookie running back in, with a 12 pick. It makes no sense. But no one's ever accused the Bears, the Vikings, or the Lions of having the world's greatest GM. Detroit going to Detroit. The end of the day, right? Detroit's going to be Detroit. All right. Who's got a punchable face? Come on, man. And with the local DBC news, Evan Kujay with the triumphant comeback. But tonight, don't call it a comeback. It's, it's, it is a draft story. Man, do I have a punchable face. I, I, if the Eagles didn't have such a good draft, I'd be more pissed off than I'm going to be right now. But the Eagles were up 24-14 at halftime of the Super Bowl, feeling really good about things. They gave up 24 second-half points and sucked on defense, with some of the players even publicly saying after the Super Bowl that they really were not put in position to make plays particularly in the second half they didn't hit Patrick Mahomes once let alone sack him it turns out that after the NFC championship unbeknownst to the Eagles their defensive coordinator not only interviewed but made a deal with the Arizona Cardinals Jonathan Gannon it was only later found out by the Eagles apparently while everyone was morose after losing the Super Bowl he was downright giddy that night and people just didn't understand what the hell was going on with Gannon it turns out that before the Super Bowl he had already signed on to head coach another football team right there in Arizona as a result the Eagles were offered compensation. And it turns out in a story released this weekend that what the NFL originally offered the Eagles for compensation for tampering, they were so pissed off about that they did not accept and fought for even more and ended up moving up uh, to get the 66th pick. The Arizona had to drop down to the 94th. Um, I don't know, guys. If I don't know what you guys would do if you were in the same situation if that was your defensive coordinator, but I want to punch that guy in the face, kick him in the balls, slice off his kneecaps. Jonathan Gannon right now is public enemy number one in Philadelphia, and there's not a close second. Well, how would you how would you oh, like wow. to be the Cardinals? Wow, I mean, who, who? This is the character of the guy you just hired. He's a hey, dick. by the way, was that the pick you used to get Sidney Powell or Sidney Brown? Sidney Powell, the Kraken. Yeah, the crack. No, Sydney, Sydney Brown, the uh, the it, other I, defensive it, it, back from Illinois. I think it was either Sydney Brown or the Bama tackle. I think it was Sydney Brown, and he's damn good. We'll see. I mean, yeah, you'll, yeah, I think you got a good one there, and he's a good story too.
Really nice story. Public enemy number one in Philadelphia. I mean, there's a lot of sports grievances in that city. Wow, that is that is saying something. We had we had we had half half the Lombardi in our hands at halftime. Why are you putting yeah. it on him? The whole the whole collapse. We gave up 24 points in the second half. It's a lot. Mm. Well, nice. it sound like he threw it. Yeah. I don't know about throwing it, but I don't know that his head was totally there. <laughs> like a coach could throw it. Anybody, anybody else got a punchable Guys, face? don't tackle as hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, he stops calling blitzes and stuff like that and starts running vanilla offense, uh, defenses. Right. <laughs> because he didn't want to win the Super Bowl. He just right. was happy about his next job. I don't know. Just saying. Uh, whatever. Right. Uh, the NFL must have thought there was something to it. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you. All right. Who's got a laugh, though? Barbecue sauce. I got a lasso. Uh, I assume everybody watched the first round of the draft. Yep. What was what was the like big story? Really cool story that came out of uh, the guys who were announcing uh, the picks. The little kid. The oh, the Dallas. Kid. No, the Dallas. Yeah. The Dallas dad calling his son. Well, yeah, well, I mean, I guess a mini lasso for that. I'll talk about that in a second. Talking about I mean, the Chiefs kid? The, Jet, the Jets, no, Jets no, kid. I'm talking kid. about the kid for the Jets. Oh, yeah, he was Kyle awesome, too. Stickles. Yeah. 13-year-old kid who had bone cancer diagnosed in 2000 uh, when he was 11. Um, went through all kinds of uh, treatment and hardship and just, you know, they they did a story on him on the World News Tonight and in the pictures, it was just... It was it was amazing how much uh, of a recovery you know that he made such that he could be there. So make a wish, which we all know about, uh, uh, granted him his wish, and it was to uh, appear on draft night and announce the New York Jets pick. But he seized the moment and came out there and was just all fired up. And uh, uh, you know, from from the minute that he got the card. Uh, that Will, Will McDonald was going to be the pick. Uh, he came out there and, you know, he's raising his arms and he's like, let's go, let's go. And then he goes, you know, with the 15th pick, the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And he was throwing his arms up and the crowd was going nuts. It was such a cool thing for that kid uh, having to go through what he did and then getting out there and, and um, taking advantage of the opportunity and becoming, you know, really one of the stories of the first round of the draft. So a definite lasso to, to uh, Kyle Stickles and uh, good job, kiddo. And we'll see how, you know, maybe someday you can uh, be a coach or something for the jets. Who knows? That was awesome. Great good story. One. Really good story. It was any, the any mini kid. lasso would be go ahead. Bison. Sorry. No, I was just going to say, any kid who's, uh, who's rooting for the Jets deserves a lasso, though, for, for hanging in there. So. <laughs> and I guess a mini lasso uh, to uh, Deuce Vaughn uh, from Kansas State, who got drafted. His dad is a scout for the Cowboys, um, and he got drafted in the sixth round. I mean, he's actually, a, uh, I have him down as a potential surprising pick uh, for uh, doing well much better than people think. I mean, he's five, five. Uh, he's like a scat back kind of like, um, a Darren Sproles, but he's, he's quick. Uh, he actually led the NCAA in all purpose yards last year. So he's, you know, 
uh, he's definitely got potential. And it was just a cool scene in the Dallas draft war room um, when uh, when the, they found out the dad found out that his son was going to get drafted. By well, the he Cowboys. got to call him. His dad got to call yeah. him and tell him. Yeah. He, was, he yeah. said, would you like to come to work with me on Monday? Yeah, <laughs> that was that was yeah. cool. We do a lot of things really bad in Dallas, but that was not one of them. <laughs> All right. Any other lassos? All right. Buzzer beaters. Who's got one? I, got I have one. one. You go first. All right. Well, listen, we, we, when we previewed the formula one season uh, this year, we talked about the fact that, that those Red Bulls, they just look to be so much faster and so much better than any other car that it kind of looked like one of those seasons where there, there might not be much drama at the top unless, and the SMQ set, QB said this, unless Perez, Checo Perez, could make a run at it. And after the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, Grand Prix this morning, excuse me, and, uh, we and have, sprint. And sprint, we have a race at the top after four races, six points separating for Staffen, who's in first, and Sergio Perez. And that's heading into Miami next weekend, which is a Sergio Perez specialty, a little bit of a, it, it's not really a, a street, a city circuit, but it's sort of set up like one. It's uh, kind of a weird little course. Um, so, and we'll have three of our uh, SMU QB correspondents live to report on the drama. Yeah. So, that's uh, we we called it at the beginning of the year. We said the only drama we might have in in F one is if uh, there's a little Red Bull on Red Bull violence, and it looks like it's getting close to that. And of course, we can't talk uh, F one this week without addressing the rumors of Fernando Alonso and Taylor Swift dating. So um, <laughs> that's, that's boy, hot. I that's, like that. That's slightly disgusting. <laughs> How old well, is she? She's like, that's not going to become. She's our like, music. is she even? Is she twenty yet? Oh, oh God, my God! Yeah, she's Brewster. in her mid thirties, I think. Brewster, no. you're dating yourself. You're no, dating yourself. And he's like 104. He's 41. It's 41. It's gross. He looks like 104. <laughs> he's young enough to be your son. No. <laughs> <laughs> and he drives a cool car. Yeah, and he's doing Lots well. I mean, he got he got a, a four today, and uh, you know, he was counting Leclerc for a P3. She's 33. All right. How's you got a buzzer beater? It'll make for a good song someday. Yeah. um, In our little world of, uh, I prepped you guys uh, a couple weeks ago to make sure you watch the end of the season of Premier League because it's getting really good. And sure enough, this past week, uh, when Man City put a beat down on Arsenal, uh, and then after today, Man City has officially moved into the lead. And I, I think it's, I think it's going to be theirs to lose now. It was an incredible collapse by Arsenal. But the story, which we have not talked about all season long, but we should today, is a guy we've really not seen in a very long time in professional soccer is Erling Holland. Today, he, he tied the record for the most goals ever scored in a Premier League season with another goal today. He has 50 total goals since joining Man City just last year, and the all-time record is there are nine games left. He's got he's got a total of 10 potential games left if they run the table with everything, including going all the way through champions. So he has 10 games he could still play with Man City, 
And within his sights is the all-time over 100-year-old record of 63 goals in one season by Dixie Dean of Everton. And it is within the grasp of Erling Holland, who has 50, and we'll see what happens. But the guy is he's a machine. He he is he is a complete machine, and it's kind of fun to watch, even though he's my rival of Man U. What's uh, what's going on with is it I can never pronounce his name, De Bruyne? De Bruyne? De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Yeah. Is is he hurt? Or were they that. just resting him? He didn't, didn't play at all. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know about that. I think he's hey. I think he's okay. He didn't play at all today. Hmm. Is the season over? There's no, five there's, more, there's five or six more games, depending on the team. It's there's 38 games. Most 38. Games. Okay. Okay. Most I thought it was 33. 33, a couple through 32. Okay. I thought there was 33. Okay. So 38. All right. Anybody got another buzzer beater? Yeah. I have a sad bit of news that was just announced. Um, Milk's team, the Bucks, uh, defensive player, yeah, Shaq, Shaq Barrett's two-year-old daughter drowned to, today. Oh my God. Oh yeah. Really awful. I saw that. Um, really sad. Thoughts go out to Shaq Barrett. Terrible. And the, uh, finally, I'm just going to say this. Mark my words. John Michael Schmidt will be the next Mike Webster. The next Jason Kelsey, you mean? <laughs> Mike Webster. <laughs> Let's hope he's not the next Mike Webster. Because well, yeah, during his career, during well. his career. Yeah. All right, guys. All right. Have a great week. Go. Have Sixers. a great week. See you guys. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.